Good morning and welcome Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And, man, every day now, be ready. You just never know. Uh, oil exploding again today, $86. And, well, you know where it's going I've been warning you. We'll tell you why. Uh, we had the bond market uh, rip into the upside today, and, and uh, the Dow down five to six hundred points. The Nasdaq's down uh, almost three hundred points. The S and P's down seventy points. Uh, Goldman Sachs. Uh, we, we had bad earnings from J.P. Morgan last week. Goldman Sachs even worse, and it's kind of ironic that the, those were two of the three banks that started uh, the whole liquidity mess uh, that we learned uh, from the Martins through a Freedom of Information Act request of why it was that the Fed had to reverse track the last time they started quantitative tightening. And again, you got more money in the bank than you should that's going to be on you. Make sure you do not, no matter what you do. And 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 I uh, I can't believe people still do it. If you ain't got more than the two hundred and fifty thousand in in a, in a bank, you need to open another account in another bank and move it. I mean, I wouldn't even have it there. But neither here nor there. Uh, these things. Listen, this is uncharted territory. Uh, the what what's going to happen in 2022? Uh, I'm more convinced than ever uh, they they are not going to be able to pull this off. Uh, the amount of of money they've printed uh, is just it, it's not possible. They they can't raise rates, stop the bond buying, raise the rates, start the tightening uh, without putting the whole economy into a massive recession. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, let them hope and dream, right? I guess, uh, uh, they can keep trying to keep their fingers crossed. Silver, by the way, big day in the silver market, up almost 75 cents here, 2360 on silver. Uh, gold was down early in the morning as bond rates were rising. It's come all the way back now. Uh, it is actually in positive territory, but basically gold's hanging out. Hanging out today on a day when the Dow uh, is down big, uh, the bond market not very happy. Uh, and again, I just don't see. You know, right now, if the if the wall if Wall Street's struggling with a bond yield at one eight three, one eight four, one eight five, what's it going to look like at three percent, four percent? Right, Jamie Dimon said we need seven rate hikes in 2022. Uh, Jason, the math just doesn't look very good for Wall Street. No, it doesn't. And I'll tell you right now, because as 2022 moves along, uh, I think we're going to start to see more and more of this as they as they get done with the taper and as they uh, start to push the uh, rates up. And and uh, do they even get to the point where they're selling their balance sheet as as these things happen? Uh, anytime you see the markets going down like this today and you see gold flat or up a little bit, that's a huge day for gold because when things start to sell off on, on, on a more accelerated rate, you'll see gold and silver sell off some days. But when it all comes down to the bottom, Joe, gold and silver are going to bounce up and they're just going to keep on going. 
and the rest of the markets are going to sit there dying because there's not a lot of safe places to put your money when things go like this. Yeah, and it's something where we had economic data out today. Uh, the New York Manufacturing Index went negative. Uh, that that was uh, not a good sign, right? We had uh, slowing retail sales, right? Remember uh, the retail sales numbers that came out? Slowing retail sales. Now we have, at least from the New York manufacturing side, it went into t- contraction. Uh, so things like this don't bode well, right? It's already very clear. Uh, and it makes sense. Listen, they stopped pumping everybody, stopped mailing everybody checks, and all of a sudden now the co- economy was already slowing, uh, throwing things like this onto the fire. Uh, and, and things can get out of control very, very quickly. Uh, we had our first layoff announcement. When was the last time we talked about layoffs? Uh, Peloton came out and said uh, they're going to be increasing prices another 350 bucks. Uh, wow. Uh, and uh, they're going to deliver $250 in delivery service for its bikes and an additional $350 for its treads. Uh, by the way, they also announced that Peloton is closing stores, uh, going to have layoffs. And, and, and again, when you start seeing things like that, uh, you really start to get a, a little nervous because that's one of those extras, right? Hey, I've got extra money. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy uh, a Peloton, right? I'm gonna buy something. I don't want to go to the gym, right? I don't, you know, I, I don't want to work out in front of everybody. I just wanted, you know, I got it in my bedroom. When I've got a few minutes, I can go work out. One of those extras, uh, and already. Jason, I think a lot of these extras are going to be in trouble. Uh, we had a, a housing, uh, the housing uh, index, the home sellers out there, uh, confidence getting less and less as they're uh, worrying about interest rate hikes, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but the big news of the day has to be in the oil markets. Uh, there, there was a small attack, if you, I'm going to call it an attack. Uh, in the uh, AUE uh, from uh, the Yemeni rebels, you know, that, that same group with the Saudis. Uh, but there's actually, uh, that's the cover story. I'll give you the real story when we get back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe Jaquin, Jason Walker. Uh, before the break, so we're talking crude oil, crude oil. Uh, ripping higher again today, and it seems you know, almost every day here, uh, uh, right now back over $85. It's been almost, as high as almost $86, uh, today. Brent crude got to $88 today. Uh, the bigger piece behind this is, uh, OPEC. They're, they're on a schedule where, Every three months or so, they increase production. Uh, and this has been agreed to uh, months and months and months ago. Uh, here's the problem today. It appears, because there's only uh, a couple of countries within OPEC that can even produce more oil. Saudi Arabia, Russia. Everybody else is running wide open. Matter of fact, Iran, who's supposed to, not supposed to be able to, to, to send out any oil, pumping 1.3 million barrels a day. The Chinese are buying all they can get. 
but there's no spare capacity, and news broke uh, this, well, I guess last night while we were asleep, that Russia is already producing all out. So there's the amount of spare capacity left in OPEC uh, is down to just the Saudis, Jason, and, and that really uh, has sent the oil markets higher again. Uh, Goldman Sachs, who reported, Goldman Sachs missed earnings badly this morning. Uh, I know uh, their shares were down 8 or 9%, uh, but they came out, and I just want to give you an update to their oil forecast. And these prices, I want you to know, these prices are going to be what Goldman says is the average price for the year. So think about this year. Oil probably, what it, oil started out this year, what, in the high 70s? Uh, ben, is, today's the highest point here at 85, between 85 and 86. Uh, but Goldman, Goldman Sachs expects oil prices to average. $96 a barrel in 2022, $105 a barrel in 2023. Uh, and, and Jason, why do I get the feeling it's only going to go up from there? And so just, just as you, you know, everybody understands, in order for it to average 96, right? If we have a, let's just say this month, the average for, for January, the month's not over, uh, but, but let's just say for the month, uh, it averaged $80. Well, for it to get to 96, that means in February, it would need to average like $110 and you kind of split the difference, right? So, a uh, lot of room left in the price of oil, which is, Jason, as we know, uh, one of the things that immediately impacts uh, the inflation numbers already shipping costs are through the roof. Uh, I think they're only going to get worse. It's going to make things a lot harder uh, on everybody out there. As you know, if, at $96, everybody's going to be paying at least 4 bucks a gallon, if not more. Why do I get the feeling the numbers they're giving you, Joe, is uh, a little lower than what they actually think is going to happen because you know they, they don't want to disturb the uh, markets too much by saying, well, it's probably I'll average about 150 at the end of the year. <laughs> why well, I mean? and it could be. That, that's the problem. That's why I said, you know, net, you know, we're at 85. Well, by the end of February, maybe it, it's at 88. Right. Right, and then March it's at 90, and then all of a sudden the the driving season kicks in. Uh, then it, April's 100, May it's 110, uh, June it's 120, right? Uh, August it's 125, right? I mean, uh, the, you know, 96 as an average is a huge number. Uh, just an absolute huge number. But to your point, Jason, that just means we're going to see oil prices well above $100. you know who's got the largest oil reserves in the entire planet? Venezuela. They sit on more oil reserves than any other country in the entire planet. <laughs> what I have a feeling we'll be seeing some Venezuela news here later in the year when these oil prices start to climb, Joe. Well, let me tell you right now, maybe that could be. Maybe that's uh, going to be uh, the the end of the Venezuelan sanctions. Uh, but, again, I don't know how long it will take to get them up and running, right, as uh, they're – uh, oil fields, just like anything else, when you when you can't take care of the equipment, right? You can't, uh, you know, just simply turn it back on and have Venezuela. And even Venezuela, I think at the peak, 
was doing over a little over a million barrels a day. Uh, I'm wondering already, and already in the back of my mind, because Iran just went out and just told the world, hey, by the way, China's buying every, all the oil we want. We're pumping 1.3 million barrels a day, yep. uh, and they're buying it all. If Venezuela isn't already pumping quite a bit of uh, more oil, and America just doesn't want to say it. Right, right. Well, in Venezuela, because of sanctions, they got to hold on to uh, as much... Uh commodities as possible so that's another reason they probably built up over the last few years but uh, they're sitting in a fortunate position and uh, we all know that uh, well, I call him Guido. Guido's our guy. You know, they don't want Maduro in, in Venezuela. They want uh, Guido. Uh, whatever happened to that guy? Oh, well, Trump. You know, Trump had a State of the Union address. He had Guido there at the. At the uh, you know, I'm sure Biden may have uh, Guido lurking about for for when they decide to pounce on Venezuela. And, and if they can replace Maduro, Joe, then it's it's all the lumber and gold and, and oil that we can pull out of that country. It's it, at some point it's going to happen because Venezuela is not playing ball with the central bankers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, uh, we talked about Peloton raising prices. Uh, Copper, Dr. Copper, expecting a huge rally in Copper uh, over, really, they're calling now for uh, the next six years. Oh, I'm sorry, that for over the next decade. They're saying that Copper demand is going to outstrip supply by more than 6 million tons a year. That's impossible. Right? I mean, that math doesn't work. I mean, you could do that maybe for a year or so, uh, and and then all of a sudden uh, you're just not going to have enough copper and the price is going to raise, but they're saying this deficit uh, of magnitude is going to have massive ramifications for the energy transition there is currently no substitution for copper in electrical uh, applications so unlike like platinum and palladium as an example right if if palladium got too expensive you could you could make uh platinum work right and then if platinum gets too expensive you can go back to 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 palladium and the copper industry uh does not work that way they're saying copper demand is supposed to rise by 16% with supplies falling by 12% and that's 12% from levels from today uh, Jason, uh, again, I don't know how the math works, but uh, this transitory inflation nonsense the the Federal Reserve uh, was pumping uh, right from the get-go was was really just a bald-faced lie. Yeah, the, the copper will not that, – that industry will not have a, any kind of surpluses or any kind of uh, prices going down if they're going to push with the uh, green energy. If, if green energy is – if they actually are going to do this uh, more than just America, countries all across the world want electric cars and windmills, turbines, and uh, all of the electrification of, of, of solar and all this – Copper is going to be a sad, sad state, and it's going to, the prices will just keep going up, Joe. That, that's, one, that's one item that if they even fix the inflation somehow, copper price still go up in price if they're going to actually push the new green deal uh, and actually go to electric cars. Because I think it's like, like how, I forget how many pounds of copper has to go into an electric car. It's in a massive amount, much more than a, a gas gasoline car, Joe. So. We, we, copper is going to be at short supply for a long time, and I bet there's a lot of guys out there looking for some new supplies of copper to dig up. 
Yeah, and again, it's just the cost, vehicle cost, right? They're never coming back. Uh, you know, you hear, you always hear, oh, well, used car prices are—they're going to fall. You know, in twenty twenty-three. No, listen, the only way uh, used car prices are falling is if we hit hit uh, go into a recession. That's the only way it's going to happen. Uh, and then, of course, the cost of vehicles. All these companies, listen, they've all committed to this electric thing. Uh, and I've been saying from the get-go, I, I, again, I don't know what they're thinking, but uh, we'll see. have to see how it plays out. Something else to keep your mind on, little things that we don't realize. So our largest trading partner in terms of stuff, believe it or not, is China. They're number one. And really, that surprised me because I really, I know we bought a lot of stuff from China, but Mexico and Canada are so close that I, I thought, well, maybe China would be behind those two. Uh-uh. They're, they're in front of Mexico and Canada, but Mexico, Canada, China. You take those three countries, and that is a just a large amount of, of the amount of product coming from other countries, coming from those three places. Uh, matter of fact, well over a trillion dollars when you add all three together. Uh, this morning, and I, I did not, well, it's not, this morning, next week, the cross-border vaccine mandate for truckers in and out of Canada goes into effect. Uh, and uh, I only bring that up because they already tell us there's a trucking shortage, and now, Jason, uh, they're going to make it even worse. Yeah, what is that number, 80,000 Truck drivers shortage right now. They need, they could they could they could easily hire another eighty thousand truck drivers if they were uh, if that were possible right now. So so uh, you know if you're looking for a job, that's 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 a good one to, to start scoping out because there's there's no shortage of truck drivers. But Joe, I mean, yo, there's a lot of truck drivers that ain't going to get vaccinated. They ain't going to cross the border and, and well, deal yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean, and and again, and I misspoke. The Canadian uh, border vaccine mandate is in effect. They're saying that the U.S. vaccine mandate, which I didn't know that this was uh, still a thing, but maybe it is, takes effect January 22nd. Uh, the the impact on the supply chain is going to be, uh, I think, pretty significant. And, and again, it's going to be significant in certain things, right? What there, there's the rail car stuff that probably won't be impacted, but whatever it is. Uh, coming across from Canada via these trucks, Jason, there's going to be an impact. So I guess the mandate didn't pass the uh, the uh, Supreme Court, but, I mean, it's just a mandate. It's not a law. So I guess they could still put the pressure on co- companies like, well, we can't force you guys to do it. So maybe they're just getting a lot of volunteer companies, Joe, and some of these truckers, these trucking companies are going to feel it here in America and in Canada. That's that's going to that's gonna be an extraordinary circumstance that's, uh, once again, going to push prices of everything up. I want to give you the idea because, you know, I, I said to everybody, you know, we, the family, right before uh, uh, Joey was heading back to school, we took a few days, and we were out on the highway. And uh, and if you didn't know it, okay, so in other words, you never listen to Patriot Radio News Hour, right? You, you, always, you had, maybe you had the sports station on or you listened to uh, the bebop stations or, or whatever, whatever it was you were doing. You just didn't turn the news on. You would have no idea that there was a trucking shortage. 
None. I mean, they're everywhere. But here's the thing that's amazing. Just what we're talking about. Trucks crossing the border from Canada into the United States. A slow day. 16,000 loads. So 16,000 semis. A regular day. So, you know, I'm picturing that's weekend, right? You know, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, during the week, 38,000 loads a day and uh, is coming from from Canada, Jason. This is going to have a huge impact. Wow. I mean, even, you know, think about it. Even if just 10% of them were, weren't going to do it, that's a huge amount of, of loads that aren't going to be delivered. Yeah, plus the fact that these companies are going to have to try to adjust to that. And uh, what, what is that? <laughs> what kind of problems does that cause too, Joe? Yeah, things are going to get better before they get worse. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I'm just I'm looking through the comment section here. Twenty uh, percent is what the Canadians put the number at. Twenty percent uh, of the truckers are refusing to comply. Uh, there are several replies from trucking. One trucking company said, "Hey, listen, we've got ten drivers that do the cross border." Only three agreed to be vaccinated. Uh, and they're talking about this is going to have a huge, huge effect uh, in food, uh, building supplies, automotive parts. Those are the uh, three of the biggest areas uh, where we're going to see trouble there. How about this? Uh, Shea Byers, uh, that she, uh, CEO of a produce company, a major produce company that does onions, Watermelon and asparagus, they're on the Idaho-Oregon border. They have actually stopped shipping, saying that the cost of transportation has skyrocketed, and they said that they typically ship their products to the East Coast. So they go from west to east. We used to do it for about $7,000. They're now saying cost start at 22000 and go up from there. ConAgra, uh, that is bird's eye frozen food. So if you're one of those, uh, you, know, you buy your frozen fruit foods in the freezer sections of the store, their CEO uh, in a, an investor call uh, late last week said that supplies from U.S. plants will be constrained uh, for at least the next month, if not longer, uh, saying that, uh, they're just not enough workers, uh, to, to package and, and, and get the foods ready for transport. Again, there's just not enough workers for what you want to pay. Believe me, there's enough workers. There's workers out there. And they're going to go where they get paid the most. I mean, it's really just that simple. I mean, uh, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, where are all the where are all the cries for no workers? Out, you know, outside truckers. By the way, that trucking job and Jason kind of said it, it's a it pays pretty well. You gotta the problem is you gotta suffer for the first year or two, uh, and then trying to do it on your own is next to impossible. But it, uh, a lot of these places like Walmart, I mean, they pay big bucks. Uh, but now ConAgra says get ready. 
for more empty shelves. Albertson CEO uh, in a conference call said that the supermarket chain's efforts to combat the so- uh, supply chain issues is failing, and they say that over the next four to six weeks, they expect even more problems uh, for the supply chain. For, of course, you know, Albertson, that's Albertson Safeway. Uh, they own Jewel in the Midwest. You know, there's really only a few, uh, supermarket chains out there. You know, you got Walmart, you got Kroger, uh, you got Elberton Safeway. They, 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 that's probably, if you added those three companies together, that's probably like 80% of supermarket sales, uh, in the United States, Jason. And the list just seems like it goes on and on and on. Yeah. You know, if, if we had dependable driverless trucks on the road right now, the vaccine mandates may actually be in effect everywhere because right now those truckers, they don't want to get vaccinated. They actually hold a lot of power when there's tens of thousands of shortages in, in truck drivers across the country. And they're not going to go into Canada with, you know, hey, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go into California with all the uh, regulations they have there. So pe- trucks are just stopping on the California border. They're dropping their loads there and going to get the next one. Uh, <clears throat> I tell you, man, if we get uh, if we get driverless trucks going on, Joe, and driverless cars, and you get the electric, uh, you know, dream of the uh, the liberals, then uh, you, you may see a, a whole different type of society. So the truck drivers are kind of kind of holding the line for us a little bit, Joe. You know, every day um, they they still put out the uh, COVID cases in the U.S. and the deaths, and you'll notice how. No one's really saying saying the numbers anymore. Have you noticed? Yep. Right? The fear meters everywhere. You still say, oh, hospitals are overloaded, schools, this, that, right? But you're not hearing the numbers. Let me give them to you. This was, these are today's numbers. Okay? Uh, 712,051 cases. And, and I say today, these are yesterday's number being reported this morning. 712,051 COVID cases in the United States. Uh, last year, same day last year, 170,000. Okay. So you're like, wow, this is, this is crazy horrible. Deaths, 774 was the reported death toll for yesterday. Last year, 1,730 was the death toll. So, uh, again, I want to, obviously two things. Number one, highlighting uh, how much uh, less deadly the new strain is. And, and my guess is most of these 774, if not all of them, are still the old Delta stuff. But to give you an idea of the percentage, point. Zero, 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 one. And and really, I only have my calculator go out four places. So my guess is, why do I feel like uh, it's probably point zero 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 six or seven? They just round it up. But but uh, the, the this is less than the flu, Jason. Right, right, and uh, and that's and that's if you trust the uh, what they're counting as a case and 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 what they're actually dying. Right, of. that's giving them all the benefits of the doubt. <laughs> all the benefits of the doubt. Right, I mean, this gives them this gives them all. It it could only be better. It can't be worse. I mean, this gives yeah. them all the benefits of the doubt. 
Yeah, and then there's a lot of people getting sick. But I mean, there's been other years where a lot of people get sick, and and so yeah, it's uh, they're they're losing their strength of their message, Joe. But you know, I'm sure they'll concoct some other emergency uh, and 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 uh, <laughs> put a lot more stress on. So, well, everyone wants it to be over, but I have a feeling it's just not getting over, and it's just going to continue to happen. And then we're going to have to continue. I mean, the whole stuff listen. With, with, I, I've been saying it. Everyone's lost their mind. I mean, do you hear the the, the whole voting thing? Have you heard about that, Jason? Yeah. You think, know, they're yeah. all upset at cinema because they wanted to get rid of the filibuster because apparently presenting an ID is too big of a requirement to vote. I have heard that. Yeah, we talked about that right? little, yesterday. I mean, everybody's lost their mind. Are you kidding me? You, that, that's restrictive. Right, and, and again, we're, uh, all the things that we're doing, I mean, from COVID to green energy to, to, to take even voting rights, I mean, uh, the voting thing, whatever, right, that doesn't affect, uh, you know, the financial stuff, but it does if, if you get the wrong people elected, but, but neither here nor there, look at these other idiotic policies, I mean, the people are out there saying, listen, there's no way the world has enough copper to do this electrical thing. And, I, I mean, it's only like the fifth or sixth different item they've said, hey, that's not possible to do. But, hey, we're going to do it anyway. Pacer Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Pacer Radio News Hour. Uh, Joe Jake with Jason Walker as we uh, opened up the show today. Uh, Wall Street uh, suffering Goldman Sachs uh, missed earnings uh, pretty significantly. Uh, they were expecting like $11 a share, came in at $10 a share. Uh, not been a great start to earnings season. Uh, J.P. Morgan kicked it off last Friday. They had bad earnings reports as well. The Dow's down uh, 525 points right now. Uh, the bond market, 185. 185 on the 10 year note. And it sounds so insignificant, but, uh, that's one of the highest 10 year notes, uh, Jason, in at least three or four years. Uh, and again, I think there's only a brief moment, maybe, and I could be wrong, it may be the highest since the financial crisis. Uh, but we're getting to this point where, uh, the fact is, uh, that we said the Fed has put themselves into the corner. And now all of a sudden, uh, the rubber's gonna meet the road here. The bond buying program's gonna come to an end. By the way, the Fed did announce, and this is kinda scary, uh, they had technical difficulties today and weren't able, uh, to buy the bonds they were supposed to buy today. Uh, but they said they'll buy them tomorrow, Jason. Yeah, I mean, the markets have been I mean, a lot of the uh, the equities have been in bear, bear uh, market territory for a while. It's been sideways since May. And May was, uh, I think the Dow was 34,800. So really, the Dow's only up like four or 500 points since since May, early May of last year. So the, 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 the big cap stocks have been holding the weight of the markets up, and it's just not going to last forever. And, you know, if you've been trying to play the market and buy these cool little stocks, you've been probably losing and losing and losing. You know, all those uh, those guys you go to YouTube and other places to get advice for buying stock, they're all losing. They're all losing because they, they, they picked these stocks they thought were going to be great, and, and these smaller companies aren't cutting it, Joe. They're, they're, they're losing they're losing their value, and, and just takes a little a little push for uh, Apple and Microsoft to start losing their, their value, Joe. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, uh, Ch- China's president, Ch- President Xi, uh, made a an address calling for the United States not to raise interest rates. And it was kind of interesting because really uh, what it was is twofold. Number one, trying to, again, drive that wedge to, you know, there's a lot of the countries of the world, they have a lot of dollar holdings. Yes, they've been lowering their holdings, but essentially saying, look at the pain the United States is going to cause you again. And, of course, we're coming out and telling them not to do it because, right, and again, a little gamesmanship by the Chinese president uh, this morning, Jason, kind of saying, hey, listen, aren't you getting tired of what the U.S. keeps doing to you? Uh, we're, we're, we're here to help you. Matter of fact, China just lowered rates. Joe, uh we, we talked about Evergrande for a while. We haven't really been there for a while. And, and the uh, the bigger, some of the bigger, because uh, that's not the, Evergrande's not the biggest property company. They they have bigger ones that are all that are starting to not pay. They're starting to go to default. And now one of the Chinese banks, I, I forgot the name of it. I saw it last night. I should have wrote it down. But one of the Chinese banks that supports these these big property companies is now uh, showing a whole lot of stress. And that that contagion is just slowly leaking out there. And I think that's why you just announced. China saying, "Hey, man, you better watch what you're doing. Things don't look good here. You know, they're they're worried, Joe. Their their biggest asset class, which is property, is going down hard right now." Yeah, and there there are a a lot of issues uh, in 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 all of this and this whole thing. And again, you got to remember uh, the, the the whole thing being held together by a lot of cheap debt. And when that cheap debt goes away, uh, then you then you start running into uh, a lot of problems, and as Jason pointed out, the the, uh, the problems in the Chinese housing market, uh, just one example of, of all of these things coming out. They're, they're, the Country Garden uh, yep. is the, the, is the uh, name of the company Jason was looking for. Uh, well, there, it's not intimate pressure. The, the, the bottom line is, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Chinese housing market's going to see an adjustment to the downside. Uh, it's going to put, again, more pressure on the global economy as it sits already. And, and I think, again, this is just another one of these things where all of a sudden now, for the first time really in recent memory, and by recent memory, go back 50 years, that there's another country out there that if they have an economic problem, it's now a problem. You know, we used to be so much bigger than everybody else. You know, Japan, take Japan. Japan, for years and years and years, was the number two economy in the world. They've only got a $5 trillion economy. Yep. That's it. Germany, I don't even know what their economy is, $3 trillion. You know, they're so small and relevant. Uh, but, but the Chinese, listen, the Chinese just reported they had 8, 8.4% GDP growth. I want to say their economy in dollar terms now is approaching $18 trillion, right? And we're at, you know, 21, let's call it, round up, we'll call it $22 trillion. And you see how close us and China are in dollar terms. Of course, China, in terms of stuff, is number one. But this is another issue. I think this. I think we're headed into this 
a, a horrible situation where the Fed's going to put us in a recession. China's going to be having their own little problems at the same time, and this thing's going to get nasty. That's just what I fear. Joe, what, what do you think is going to happen to their to the Chinese stressed housing market when the United States uh, goes up a half a point interest? Right? <laughs> they have sixty two trillion dollars in their housing market. Just put get a half a percent interest pushed by the American banks and, and other world banks. Well, what about 1%? What would that do to China, Joe? It's, this stuff crosses Heaven over. Heaven forbid, right. What about 2 3 4%? Of course, none of that's actually going to fight inflation. Pizza Radio News Hour. We're going to be back right after the break. 800 I got a little special today. We've got 10 rolls of Morgan and Peace dollars. And uh, th- these are going to be uh, circulated. They're not, none of them are horrible. Uh, but they're, they're, they're circulated, uh, you know, the, the, these aren't AUs, and, and I just, I'm going to tell you right now, I cannot believe uh, the, the pricing. It, it's just incredible uh, what's happening in the actual physical silver markets. Uh, but I'm going to give you a great deal. I've got 10 rolls, going to be all mixed up, $660 a roll. And let me tell you why it's such a great deal. Just the Morgan dollars in there are worth or would cost me more than the 33 bucks. Matter of fact, a pre-21 Morgan, uh, I actually thought it was a misprint. So I had to call. I'm like, that can't be right. Uh, no, uh, a pre-1921 circulated Morgan dollar right now, my cost. $38.25. Jason, I, I'm, oh. I'm dumbfounded by that. That just shows you the shortage in the actual physical silver market, which hasn't shown its colors yet. And, boy, what, what, what happens when it does, Joe? What happens when the, the silver market starts to show the physical price? Mar- it actually gets I mean, priced that, correctly. That used to be uh, at least $5 more than what a BU Morgan dollar was. Maybe even $10 more than what a BU Morgan dollar was uh, in early 2020. That, that's that's how impressive uh, the rally is and the, the demand for these old dollars. Even the worst, I'm talking the worst of the worst in the, uh, and it doesn't matter, piece or Morgan dollar, over 30 bucks. It's it's a, It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we uh, it was a couple of, what, about a month ago we sold those uh, Min State 65 Morgans that I have here. I still have some of those, Joe, and we were selling well, those, those. are incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I was selling those at over $20 below cost. Correct, correct. Yeah, I still have some of those floating around if everyone's interested. But, I, you know, the, the, it's hard to get these coins. It's hard to just buy silver in, in any physical form. It's just, it's just not priced the way it should be. And, man, I can't wait to see. When that actually starts to go, Joe, because it's going to be remarkable. interesting move today. We'll see how it goes. Uh, silver above twenty three fifty, uh, up about sixty cents today. One of the best performers uh, in the market today. As everything, Wall Street is down big today. Crude oil broke uh, eighty five dollars a barrel. Almost got to eighty six dollars a barrel. Goldman Sachs says, "Hey, get ready. It's going to go a lot higher than that." Uh, right now, uh, gold's down two bucks right now, but, uh, has been sitting pretty flat most of the day. Uh, and like I said, silver up 60 cents. So we had 10 of these rolls, 
Uh, and pick them, it's just value. This, this is just value buying here. Uh, silver, uh, it, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. When does the adjustment occur? Uh, and, and, and when we looked at the shorts, remember we did that show was a week, week and a half ago, uh, where Bank of America was shorting 800 million ounces, which was like, I forget, like 26 years of U.S. mint supply, some ridiculous amount. Uh, but a lot of us had that feeling they were starting to unwind that. I think 2022, uh, you're gonna see silver be one of those outperformers. Yeah, and I don't see a down year in gold and silver at all. It, it's uh, it's news sensitive, but when it goes, Joe, I, I keep saying that when it goes, uh, you know, this is the good old days. These are the prices you got to buy this stuff at, and then uh, then you miss out. Then you got to wait for the next sweet spot. But right now, it's we're there. It's cheap silver, it's cheap gold right now, Joe. Absolutely, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two.